everyone, and welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Transportation System. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Double Dose of Disney Podcast. My name is Brittany, and as always, I am joined here by my fabulous, amazing, Disney-loving husband, Tony. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we have decided to take it back to the beginning. When you are thinking of planning your first Disney vacation or your 100th Disney vacation, you really kind of start out with coming up with an idea of where you want to stay. So what we did is we broke down different scenarios for options of resorts that may be worth it for your party to stay at, and we're kind of going to go through our picks together. Ready to get into it? It's going to be interesting. A lot going on here. I know. Disney World has over 25 different resorts to stay at. So they have everything from value resorts, which are going to be the most economical options, moderate resorts that are like mid-range, deluxe resorts, which are the most expensive of the hotel options, and then deluxe villas, which are, I would say, like what, like a condo at the beach or something like that? Like it's like a multi-room villa with a full kitchen and all of that stuff. So... There's so many different places you can stay at. I don't think there's any wrong or right choice of any Disney resort, but we're going to do our like best. A lot of these now. questions here is going to come down to how many people do you have? Is right. there a budget? Do you prefer to stay in a certain place being close to a park? Right. So, yeah. I think going to be tough to answer. We'll do, do our best. Like Tony Generalized. Said, yes. Like Tony said, there's so many. Um, variables that go into it when you're choosing a Disney vacation. And when I'm working with my clients to book their Disney vacation, the first thing that we go over is, of course, like the time of year they want to go. Um, but also, the um, which resort are they going to stay at based off of their needs for their family? So let's get into it. First question, best resort for a first visit? And I'm sure all these we're going to refer to our first visit. We're going to be biased, folks, and this is what it is. What I got is pop, pop art in Caribbean Beach. Ooh, you went with Caribbean Beach? One we st- we've, we've stayed at all three of these resorts. Yeah. We stayed at Art of Animation first. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to stay at Pop. Yeah, we were putting a little more But those two are just really good because they're just so family-friendly. So, I mean, right. I think a first visit, but you, you've got to be immersed in your first visit. And yeah. these two are just huge, blown out, over-the-top theming on these two. So, I mean, I feel like you have to go in head first and stay in one of these two. Yeah, the value resorts at uh, Walt Disney World are All-Star Sports, All-Star Movies, All-Star Music, Pop Century, and Art of Animation. The biggest thing about the value resorts is they all have larger-than-life theming to them. And with that, you get this incredible immersion into the details of the resort. So, like... Uh, Art of Animation Resort, we stayed there our first trip, like Tony said, and there's different areas of the resort. Like, one area is themed to the Lion King, and there's, like, a Lion King playscape, and then there's, um, Little Mermaid area, there's Finding Nemo area, there's a Cars area, and it's, it's so cool. I think for you, if you were looking back at your trip, I tried to explain to you before, like, if you've never, if you've never been to Disney... I tried explaining to you before, like, it's not just, I don't like calling Disney a theme park. That's, like, my pet peeve. I mean, it is technically what it is, but um, it's more than just a park. Like, it's, it's literally its own functioning city. But I was trying to explain that to Tony before we got there, and I don't think you truly understood it until we were there. 
right? No, you really can't. I mean, all you're doing is looking at pictures and some vlogs and stuff, but I mean, it's really, it is what it is. It's its own city. So, and it's like, it ties perfectly in these two resorts, like, just being in it. Yeah, so staying at the value resort really puts you in that theming. Art of Animation is such a great resort because there's so many things. Like, there's Lion King theming in the parks. There's Finding Nemo theming in the parks. There's there's a Cars um, show at Hollywood Studios, but that's really kind of it. There's Little Mermaid theming in the park. So it was like we were small children surrounded by these really huge characters and this amazing theming, and we got to have the best trip. So for me, my that's a very long way of saying my answer is, again, Pop Century or Art of Animation as well. Um, Art of Animation has family suites, so they are once themed to Lion King, Cars, and Finding Nemo. Pop Century is all themed to the different decades. We stayed there last September. Um, we were supposed to have stayed there, I think, like every trip, and we had changed it. And we loved staying at Pop Century. It was so much fun. Yeah, the Skyliner, too, which is huge. Yeah, and one of my favorite things about staying at the Value Resorts is the only dining option is the food court. So when you wake up in the morning and you go eat breakfast at the food court, you're sitting there and there's all these families with their first time buttons on or something like that. And they're yeah, drinking mimosas, folks. <laughs> yes, we, we do. do. <laughs> we do. We um. So when you go to the no hiding it here. <laughs> when you go to the food court, we started on our first trip. When you go to the food court. Um, we had the dining plan on our first trip, and um, we you get a drink with your quick service meal. So Tony would get champagne, and then I would get orange juice. And we were like checking out. Remember, the cast member gave us like little cups. They they were like little cups, like wine glass cups. So um, when we stay at Value Resort now, we do the same thing, and then we ask them like, "Hey, can you give us those wine cups?" It felt kind of out of place. Everyone's kind of looking at us weird, like, "Hey." We're here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you're just jealous because you can think about this. Well, and like you're starting your day, you're starting your day in a really fun way. And I love sitting at the, that's one of my favorite things, eating at the food court in the morning and getting to see all of these families on their first trips so excited to go to the parks. Like, there is nothing like that, like Disney energy in the morning. And when you say it, like when we, we stayed at, um, when we stayed at Saratoga Springs, Saratoga Springs is a great resort too. But when we stayed there, in February for the first half of our trip, we went to the food court in the mornings. But since that's like a DVC, that was really small. Yeah, since that's a DVC resort, all of the rooms at least have a kitchenette or a full size kitchen. So there's not as many people in there. So you're missing that like energy to get in the park in the morning and like all of like the Disney energy, if that makes sense. So that's why I say pop century. What we stayed for there was perfect. If you were golfing there, so that's a, the main reason why you're staying there is you're golfing. It's close to um, Disney, Disney Springs. Springs. It's a great resort. It's one of our friends' um, home resorts. Their family is like home resort for it's real low key. Quiet. Yeah. So, what do you think is the best resort for a large family vacation? Like, I'm talking like either a family that has over four people in it, or like multiple rooms, something like that. My question is: Is there even a budget? Well, it depends. Are we trying to go as cheap as possible, or does it matter? I listed like four different resorts. Say it's a listener question, make it up. <laughs> a large family. I mean, in all these, there's no wrong answer. I feel like it almost has to do with location, though, too. When you have a large family, you start getting people around. Here's the scenario. Okay, so when I'm booking vacations for people, and I book vacations for parties of 25, 
and I've had like five people, like five rooms that they've divided up in. So you you have the answer to this, right? Where do people stay? What is the resort that, well, there's no right, no right or wrong answer for it, but what is the resort that you would say is best for a situation like that where they're booking multiple rooms? Do you want me to go first? Yep. Okay. So my answer to that is Pop Century again, because it's a value resort. Why? Because there's so many rooms at Pop Century that it's not going to be hard to book a room there. And it's not going to be hard to get a room like connected so you're saying close to each other. Close together. Yes. But I have different caveats. Um, if you have a party of, depending on, let's say there's a family in your group that has five individuals, not all Disney hotel rooms accommodate five people. So you have to get a fifth sleeper room. And Caribbean Beach has fifth sleeper rooms. And uh, Port Orleans Riverside, but I would say Caribbean Beach in this scenario. That's what I was got back in my mind again. I was going to say that again for this one. Yeah, Caribbean. I actually have a large party going in December, and they are staying at Caribbean Beach. There's three different rooms. Then again, going back, it's probably the same. My first answer in all of them, just the value, the value resorts. Yeah, it depends. So I try to pick one, one value resort, one moderate resort, and then one deluxe resort. So I said Pop Century for the value resorts. Caribbean Beach for a moderate resort, especially if you have the sleeper. Unfortunately, Disney's kind of limited with their options on um, rooms that sleep five. So value resorts, you're really not going to be able to find a room that sleeps five. So you're going to have to go to a moderate or deluxe. Um, and for the deluxe, I actually went with Saratoga Springs or Old Key West. Because if you have a large family, let's say there's like 10 in your party. You could get a two-bedroom villa at Saratoga Springs. You also have a kitchen with it. You have a washer and dryer, if that's something that would be advantageous to you. Um, and Saratoga Springs and Old Key West are the least expensive of the deluxe. I got it. What? I got my answer. <laughs> what? You want big. You got a lot of people. Get an RV and say Fort Wilderness Campground. Ooh, that's a good idea. Boom! Bring your golf idea. cart. That's a good idea. You know, one time, this is kind of like a side note, but... One time, um, I grew up showing animals for the stock show, and we would go to a stock show outside of um, Houston, and we rented an RV one time. So you could actually rent an RV from a company. They dropped it off for us, set it up, and everything like that, and then have it at Fort Wilderness. Or have five of them, because you have a large family. Yeah. That's true. That's a good idea. Or, actually, the cabins are a good idea, too. You're, like... And ride a horse while you're there. Yeah, um, talks about that. you can stay in the cabins at Fort Wilderness. The only downside to that is the cabins have like one room and it has a queen bed in it with a bunk bed, which I kind of feel like is a weird layout, but they're redoing the cabins. So maybe they'll look a little different. They're going to be more modern looking, kind of like tiny houses, but they have a full kitchen. They have a living room. And like Tony said, they have a ton of recreation there. They have an archery course. You can go horseback riding. You can go fishing. You can go kayaking. Um, there's hoopty do review there, all that stuff. Hoopty do, that's on our bucket list too. I haven't done that one yet. No, but again, you haven't even made it to that to that resort yet. No, well, I feel like since they're from Texas, like it's kind of yeah, it's kind of what we do over here. Yeah, and I don't it's kind know. Of worse, it's not, but it'd still be fun to do. I, I think hoopty do would be really fun. It's just probably like down home southern cooking, which we can eat anywhere here. Um, but so if you don't have that at home, like I think that that's a really cool option. It's like I've heard people say before, they don't stay at the resorts. Like if you're that from reminds me of their house. Yeah, if you're from like Washington or Oregon, you're probably not gonna want to stay at Wilderness Lodge. We love Wilderness Lodge because that's not where we're from, you know? 
We're not in East Texas, we're in South Texas. <laughs> yeah. Best resort for a couple's trip to Disney World. Same thing, it's gonna be biased. My first one was Coronado. Ooh. So we stayed there our third second, second trip. And we were that one has everything. And it has it's your subtle, your subtle Disney. It, it's almost kinda of like walking into a Vegas kind of hotel in a way. If you stay in the tower. In the tower. That's what we say. Yeah, so it's a completely different experience if you're not in the tower, which we haven't stayed in the tower. No, not not in the tower. <laughs> yeah. Not not in the tower. Yeah. So yeah, that one has everything though. Uh-huh. And we didn't have all the restaurants up when we were there, so it was during COVID still. Right. There's nine. Three bridges was there. Now, three bridges is probably the, the t- you know you... Three Bridges Chef's Kiss. Mm-hmm. Three Bridges, there's uh Dahlia Lounge at the top of uh Grand Sea yeah, Tower. Rick's Sports bar, Sports and bar. Sports bar. Really good. Um, lunch. What is the tapas like? Toledo tapas and sea, tapas and seafood restaurant. There's a Mexican food place in the bottom of the tower. But is it couples? I mean, it really it, it could be any resort. This is one we've had experience. Yeah, so I agree. Towards it, so really, my other one was Wilderness Lodge. That was yours. <laughs> Those are my exact same. <laughs> I would say Coronado Springs is a great resort. Like. We were originally to stay at Caribbean Beach that trip. I don't know if you remember this. And then Disney came out with some type of discount offer. And Caribbean Beach had booked up all the king-size rooms. So we switched to Coronado Springs because we get a king room there. And um, I was, like, instantly nervous that we weren't going to like it, which is so weird. Because we had only stayed on the Skyliner before. And the downside of, Caribbean, of Coronado Springs is that it only has bus transportation to the parks. With that said, though, it's the most centrally located resort on Disney property, so you're not far from anywhere. You're literally, like, what? Like, a highway or, like, an overpass away from from Broadway, from uh, the boardwalk. But another one of our pro tips is we, hey, if you're in a hurry, just get an Uber. Yeah, (laughs) especially if you're on a couple streets. Don't let it be stressful. Just hop an Uber real quick. I think you could go, I think you could go anywhere. We've stayed at... Coronado, we've stayed at Caribbean Beach and Wilderness Lodge, we've stayed at Saratoga and um, Beach Club for our anniversaries. You can't go wrong with anywhere. My other one too was Wilderness Lodge just because we love that one. I have, I love the fact that you can book a standard room at Wilderness Lodge and our room had a view of the monorail going into the contemporary and we could see Space Mountain from our patio. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, for us, we just like all the ambiances. We like to have a good yes. kind of like, not bar situation, but like an outdoor thing. It's cool. That's a wilderness lodge. You can eat and sit out by the water. Right. Not just your typical kind of sit in a restaurant side somewhere. So that, that, that was cool there. And Coronado, same thing. You're in three bridges. So yeah. It's like being kind of Disney Springs and your resort at one. Well, and Wilderness Lodge has boat transportation to the Magic Kingdom, and then they have bus transportation to Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and... Oh, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom, sorry. I think they also do um, bus transportation to Magic Kingdom. But they have, like, a pretty good, like, the quick service place in the morning. We would... One of my favorite things about Wilderness Lodge is Wilderness Lodge has a really grand lobby, and all of the rooms kind of, like facilitator on the lobby um, because it's set up like a lodge and one of the coolest things is each of the floors has fireplaces so Tony would mobile order like breakfast for us in the morning he'd go down and pick it up and then one morning like he just like set up this cute little like we just ate in front of the fireworks fireworks fire third third second 
Second story there, just chilling, eating our eggs and bacon. Yeah, it's not a far walk to the lobby from your room because the hotel itself, like if you're staying in the main hotel area, not the BBC Villas, is not very like big in size. Um, so it's not a far walk from the lobby to the lobby or down from your room. There's Lake 27, there's Geyser Point, which is such a good restaurant. It's a lounge outside of the water. I'm blanking. What's it downstairs, the one that everyone talks about, or throwing straws that everybody ate at? Oh! Can't not talk about that. You're blanking too. It's not Roaring Fork. Roaring Fork's the quick service place. It is, it's gonna come to me. It's gonna come to me. And it's almost like a, it's almost like a character in a way, because I haven't interacted with the waiters and waitresses are, but it definitely kicked up since since COVID came back. They're starting to do all the the new the skits again with since the COVID catch went away. You mean it's what since COVID went away. Yeah. Whispering Candy Cafe. Whispering Candy. Yeah. So we ate there the last time. I two times when we were two, we, we, we stayed there. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, but you're gonna. It just depends on what you're gonna move for. I feel like I got the wrong thing. It's I literally still just is. gotten. I don't even think I got egg to find. I just got straight meat. No, you I got like the carnivore skillet. Yeah. Um, Whispering Canyon Cafe is a table service restaurant that's downstairs in the lobby of Wilder's Lodge. It's really cool. They do, like, a lot of hijinks and stuff. Like, for example, if you ask for ketchup, I don't want to spoil it, but if you ask for ketchup, they're going to give you every bottle of ketchup in in the entire restaurant. Um, but they're known for their skillets that they have. I think when we went, I'm pulling it up right now, but when we went, you got the carnivore skillet. So it had like cornbread with honey butter, um, pork ribs, brisket, pulled pork, chicken, potatoes, and buttercorn and charred carrots. Um, I got, I think I got like, I don't remember what I got, but I got the... You got the other skillet. I got the lighter side skillet and no, I, either the lighter side or the heritage skillet. Either one. Oh yeah, I got the heritage skillet. And um, I just asked for it, like I got the gluten-free version of it. And so it came with um, Mickey waffles, which are like my like go-to in the mornings, um, scrambled eggs, potatoes, bacon, sausage links, and sausage gravy. That one was really, like, I liked that, and I think you ate off of mine. At some point, I, I liked meat, but it was just, that was all there was. Yeah. So I got burnt up with gun. That's a really fun restaurant. It just kind of felt weird first thing in the morning having all that meat. <laughs> true that's a really fun restaurant they do uh lunch and dinner there too you can get different skills for lunch and dinner um they usually have um like different like themed like drinks for breakfast and for lunches and stuff that's a fun restaurant too and then they have storybook dining at artist point which is the character dining experience and if you sit outside at geyser point you can see the fireworks from the Magic Kingdom, which is really and If you cool want to cry, you just go ahead and cry where you're there. I cry everywhere at Disney, so that's no different. We had a... Talk about the, the, the cast member they had there that was... I wish I knew her name. She was so sweet. Kathy. We'll say Kathy. I gave her a cast compliment, and I, like... She was so nice. Like, I ask everywhere we go at Disney, um, hey, like, do you like working here? Like, do you like living in Florida? Does it take away the magic if you're, like, working here and you're living here? Because that's, a, like, our intentions for someday. And not to work there, but to live there. And so I asked... She had nothing bad to say about No, she, she, like, was born and raised there. She loves going to Disney. She works at Whisper, Geyser Point. She's worked at several different places on Disney property. She said the only time she didn't enjoy going to the parks was she used to work 
somewhere in Hollywood Studios. And she didn't necessarily enjoy going to Hollywood Studios because she was there all the time. All the other parks she still enjoyed going to. So um, that was so much fun. And she actually has like befriended people who became, who just came or were guests that were coming in to eat there too. So. Always got to go and talk to cast members. It just makes so much more of a trip when you're hearing it from their perspective. The Disney cast members truly create magic. Like if you are a Disney cast member and you're listening to this podcast, like we appreciate you so much. Um, We've had so many incredible cast member interactions just because we talked to them. And you pick up on it, and sometimes when they're kind of, like, you know, not on top of their game, it's like, huh, like, Peter Pan. If they don't sprinkle that dust on there, it's not the same. Oh, uh, the Peter Pan. The, the pixie dust. At Magic Kingdom, at the... Uh, the bar goes down, you go on the right, they sprinkle the pixie dust on there, and when you get some guy that's a little lazy, it's like, come on, man. Do you remember L7? Remind me. It's we were at Galaxy's Edge. Oh, name. At yeah. Hollywood Studios, and the name tags look a little different. Like they're written differently because the font's weird. They're like on Batu, and Tony was like, "Your mom? What did you say?" Like you were like, "I don't know." If I was asking a question, or I don't know. You were like, "Is your name with... L seven? And he was like, "No, my name's Ed. My mom wouldn't name me L seven. <laughs> Is this like a joke because of where we're at and the land is like really themed up or like you know or the cast member on the bus to pop century from animal kingdom in september she had took the time it was the end of the day the park was closing and she took the time to give all of the children on the bus the like honorary bus driver passes and then she found out it was someone's birthday and the entire bus saying happy birthday to the person that was this was after I think poor kids are crying on there. Yeah. And everybody was kind of like, we really like what you're doing, but everybody's tired and exhausted, so hurry up. No, but it completely changed the mood of the entire bus. It it was just, you know. I gave her a cast compliment. Come on, let's go. If you don't know, in the Disney World app, um, when you tap on, like, the the hamburger icon in the lower right-hand corner, if you go all the way down, you can um, tap the cast compliment option. And all you need to do is know, like, their name, I think maybe where they're from or where they were serving at that day, and then you can write them a compliment. It actually goes a long way in helping them to, like, possibly, like, get promotions, but also just get recognized by their supervisors and stuff like that. And they go above and beyond to help the guests. Our next one is best resort for a family with little ones. So another hypothetical. And again, I feel... I feel like I'm saying the same thing. So reiterate where it says pop and art. We'll talk about the third one that I have, which we haven't talked about, is Animal Kingdom and Lola Lodge. Ooh. Specifically, I think, because the animals. I think that would keep kids more entertained, too, when they're looking at animals all day long. I'm if you have more resort time. Yeah. Or else you're having to take them everywhere all the time and show new things. I think it depends on their age. I think um, if you get a Savannah View room, like that, like you said, that could like buy you Look at the Look at the animals, kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's we're a really hard though because we're break. about to be parents we just in December. We just haven't done it though, so we don't really know. I was talking on our previous episode that we recorded about the fact that we're pregnant with identical twin girls. What we've forgotten to say is the whole reason why this podcast is named the Double Dose of Disney podcast is because we say that the girls are a Double Dose of Disney magic. So, so are we. So yes, are we. so are we. So we're like the double dose of Disney family, you know? But um, I chose Art of Animation Resort because, again, Art of Animation Resort has family suites. So depending on if you want 
sometimes it's important for the parents to have a separate sleeping area than the kids if the kids are going to go to sleep earlier and the parents don't want to. Um, so you could do a family suite in that scenario. I also have a lot of families that I work with that just put the pack and play in the bathroom area and that's kind of their separation. Or if your animal came a lot, just put it on the porch so they can look at the animals. What? Look at the animals at the same time, they're hanging out, everyone's having fun. You put the pack and play <laughs> on the patio for them to sleep? You don't know until you know. Huh, okay. <laughs> that is not our plan. Um, I said Art of Animation Resort, I said Caribbean Beach because that's one of the resorts we're really considering with the girls. Again, it has... Oh um rooms that sleep five it also has an amazing pool area um that is like themed to be kind of pirates of the caribbean it's on the skyliner and one of my biggest hacks about taking little ones to disney is if you get a resort that is on the skyliner or the monorail you don't have to fold down your stroller as long as it is a tandem stroller so our stroller is the Apple Baby Vista, which like one goes in front of the other if you have a side-by-side stroller you're still gonna have to collapse that down because it's just too wide um also for the deluxe category is contemporary which has not like contemporary is the least expensive resort on the monorail route depending on how old your little ones are it may be advantageous to stay at the contemporary resort because that's a big word advantageous advantageous (laughs) because then you can hop on the monorail really easily so you're, or you can just walk over to the Magic Kingdom because it's closest to the to the Magic Kingdom. Right, that one's a really popular one for kids. And they have, they're supposed to have a really great splash pad there. The pool area at the Contemporary, I just feel like, we'll be honest, like we're not the biggest fans of the Contemporary because it just feels like there's a lot of different things like going on that don't necessarily coincide. But chef movies. Well, they're chef movies too, but I still wouldn't take our girls there. Like that's my least favorite of the di- of the character dining because it's just plain like quick service breakfast and you're paying more for it yes you get to meet mickey and them but you can meet them at other places and have better food but yes it does have chef mickey's too and it has a monorail that runs through it so it does have a lot running on like going on there moving on moving on best resort for a no budget vacation like this is like a bucket list you can do anything you can book a vip tour you can stay anywhere you want what is your resort that you would stay at so I didn't think about it until now, but I have the Poly, but then they also have the, what's the little villas on the water there? It's the a, bungalows. The bungalows. So that actually makes sense. The first Poly, yeah. read the bungalows. So they're like little mini, little mini condos. They only have like 10 of them over there, but that's definitely, yeah. that would definitely be probably, probably top, top of the top. Yeah, but what about the Wilderness Lodge? Like, now that you're saying that. Yeah, the same Wilderness Lodge. Cabin, well, the cabins. On the water there? Yeah, the cabins on the water. So it's pretty much the same thing, mm-hmm. a different setup. It's just, they're just not over the water. I was in there too. I had, I had the Grand in there, Grand Floridian. Yeah. Just because we had a good expense. So the <laughs> ones. And the contemporary. Yeah. Try, try anything once. We say we're not fans, and we never really actually stay the contemporary. So I will say the contemporary. I think that when we take the girls, like our first trip, like we'll probably I don't know. We talk about maybe seeing Caribbean Beach. It's probably like a huge blanket. What? Not underrated. Overrated? Yeah. Yeah. We're saying yeah. Everyone's we're overrated. Overrated on the contemporary. Yes, the contemporary just feels very our opinion overrated. It's also got incredible theming um in it. And it just, I don't know, there's something, like, 
no offense to anyone that loves a contemporary, but there's just something about it that doesn't quite make sense to me, and I'm not sure why. Like, I'm sure... It's just the OG. I'm sure when it opened, I'm sure people it was grand. The coolest thing about the contemporary to me is a very, like, little-known Disney history fact is Walt Disney passed away before Walt Disney World was open. Walt Disney World passed... He passed away before the parks were, like, really, like, fully under construction. Magic Kingdom, because it was built first. But he was such like a visionary and could see things that like weren't there yet so they knew that they were going to build the contemporary and they were going to build polynesian and there was another resort that they had like ideas of where they wanted to build and he went up into a like a lift crane with um joe fowler which was kind of like his right hand man and walt like went up and like looked up in this like lift crane and like the basket of a crane and he said he wanted a rooftop restaurant on the top of the contemporary that looked over the Magic Kingdom. And he just, like, had this vision in his head of how it was going to look. Obviously, he never got to see it, like, come to fruition. But at the top of the contemporary, there's California Grill. So California Grill was really envisioned by Walt, which makes it really cool. And we've never gotten to eat there yet. And all those rooms are pretty bad when they put them in there, too. Yeah, that's cool, too. It's an A-frame building. Well, they're they're made them in. Them are they doing it the same right now with the... The Grand Floridian? No, the Poly. The Poly. With, with the DVC Villas. The new wing. It looks similar. Yeah. And how they're making it. Yeah, so they were concrete, um, like, just, like, concrete rooms that were just, like, slid in. Crazy. I know. We do love eating at Steakhouse 71 at the Contemporary. Steakhouse 71's, like, a really great restaurant. I kind of feel like that restaurant's underrated. I was going to mention it, we were talking about little kids, so I didn't think it would be one to throw in there. You could take little kids there. I don't think I don't think anywhere at Disney is so stuffy besides like and it's I'm not saying stuffy in a bad way, but besides like um Victorian Alberts or somewhere like that where children aren't allowed, that you can't take them. I think Steakhouse 71, especially if you go for breakfast or something like that. But two I have side notes. Swan and Dolphin. Yeah. I know you got your opinions on. Do they fit anywhere and what are they about? Well, I didn't even tell you what my best resort was for a budget for a no uh, budget vacation. Uh, okay. Okay. My best my resort for a no budget vacation would be the Poly because I would want a room that looks out over the theme park view. We just we're always at the Polynesian anyway. Like we're have not stayed there. We go there every single trip. We've gone to Kota Cafe, we've eaten at Ohana. We've gone to uh, Kona Coffee in the morning. We've gone to Captain Hook's. I think we've eaten at... Good drinks at... Oh, uh, Trader Sands. Trader Sands. You get your souvenir mugs. The only places we have not eaten at the Polynesian are at the pool bars because we have not stayed there yet. I feel like the Poly is the number one resort. Yeah. So, and here's like a full disclosure. When the first time we went to Disney, we didn't go to the Poly. The second time we went to Disney, we went to the Poly and we ate at Kona Cafe. And it was during COVID. And everything was kind of strange. Like, that trip was just kind of... It was, a, it was a great trip, but that trip was just different. Because the parks closed before, like, it was even nighttime. And we had a dining reservation at Kona Cafe. And they were refurbishing the Poly. And we walked into the lobby of the Poly and we were like, I don't get the hype here. Like, We'd what? already been there before, too, right? Yeah, we were like, we what? Didn't we didn't know where we were going. We were like, what is going on? Like, I don't really get the hype here. This just looks like an old building. Because half of it was closed at the time. It didn't have, like, everything going on in the lobby and stuff that it normally does. And then we ate at Kona Cafe. And, like, and that was a weird experience, too, because that restaurant was, like, partially under renovations. 
But Trader Sam's Grand Grotto, if you have never been there, you have got to go there. It's a lounge at the Polynesian that's kind of like a speakeasy style lounge. You um, are like, it's Not down. The little ones, really. It's downstairs from Ohana. It opens at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and it closes at either 11 or midnight. So you gotta put your name on there if you wanna get in or get, get lucky because it's really small. Yeah, so we ate there a couple of years ago on our anniversary. Well, we, we ate at Ohana a couple of years ago on our anniversary. Before our reservation, we went downstairs to Trader Sam's. You kind of have to know where it's at because the door is just. There's not like, a huge sign saying open here. No, it's really like a speakeasy style restaurant. And it's like this. Like walked in this random, but thinks a bathroom or something. If you just <laughs> walked in there and you weren't a Disney fan, you would think that this is some type of like tropical cult or something it's like that. It's basically a small version of the Tiki Room. Yes. And, and, and so, and it's a bar. And uh, it's a bar and lounge until I believe um, 7 p.m. Children are allowed in it. After that, it's adults only. Um, you have to be 21 and up to get inside. And they do have like light rights and stuff. I think the table beside us was having like, um, like wings and stuff like that. Yeah. We, uh, just got drinks there and the drinks are like, they're and you like, gotta, every drink you, you get has a, its own little mystery, different mug. And then you do something different happens in the room where the person that brings you that does something funny. But you definitely have to buy, you have, you got to buy this one of the mugs where you're there. Yeah, and they also have Trader Sam's uh, Tiki Terrace, which is the outdoor version of it. But you miss out on all of, like, the things that happen in the restaurant and stuff like that if you're sitting out there. They usually have live music, so it's a cool atmosphere if you can't get into the Trader Sam's crowd crowd itself. But I would say definitely do that. So I say the poly because we're always there. I like this whole show's been poly. They have the monorail transportation. They have the boat transportation. They have a walking path to the Magic Kingdom. They have buses that take you to Hollywood Studios and the Animal Kingdom. It's really got everything going on. I've never stayed there. No. And now that the rooms have been like refurbished and stuff, I love that resort. Like, I cannot wait for us to stay there. So, moving back, is there anything to say about the Swan and Dolphin for any of these places? <laughs> is it worth it for any of them? Do you so, get perks still with the Swan The Swan and Dolphin is actually the first resort I ever stayed at at Disney World when I went with my family and I was, when I was little. Um, black and white TV, folks. I, no, it was not black and white TV. It was, it was like in the like, late 90s. It was fun. Um, that was during the Michael Eisner era, which is weird to think about now. But it was fun. Um, I loved, I think it's called the Soda Fountain. It's like an old restaurant. The Swan and Dolphin, if you are looking for a resort that doesn't have Disney theming, because it's, it's the only resorts on Disney property, like next to the parks, that is owned and or that is managed by a, another hotel company. So the Swan and Dolphin are managed by Marriott. And they're not going to have like the traditional like Disney theming, of course. Um, as like a Disney history nerd, Michael Eisner made a deal with, he was wanting to build all these other resorts on property because he realized that, um, there were all these good neighbors that people were staying at off property. And so the Disney company like really kind of like took this task underway to build extra resorts on property. So he was working with all of these architects. Michael Eisner had a lot of great ideas and he was a great CEO until like kind of like toward the end. But he worked with like all of these like different architects to build these different buildings. And he worked with Marriott. They had said, yes, you can go ahead and build something on property. Then Disney went back and was like, oh, actually, like we still want to kind of have control of that because it's on our property. So they worked with an architect to build the Swan and Dolphin Resort. Now there's the Swan Reserve there too. Um, but the Swan and Dolphin are kind of supposed to be themed 
more modern, like Fantasia. Um, so I think I stayed at the Dolphin when I was a kid, and I thought that there were going to be dolphins there. I wanted to be a dolphin trainer when I was little, so I thought there were going to be dolphins there. We went for a convention. So it's definitely, it was, uh, like, for my dad's work. So it definitely was a, it's a convention hotel. So I think you miss out on that Disney theming. But with that said. So in terms of this show, I would say not first visit. If you did this one, I would say possibly large family or a couples. I would say couples. Never for a first trip ever, though. The, kid, the rooms have, I would say couples. The rooms sleep four, so they're all like, they all have like two queen room, two queen beds. I think you could get a king bed if they just see that there's two people in the room. We've never stayed there before. The only boat because, access is cool though, that's another perk. Yeah, so it has the friendship boats that'll take you to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. There's a lot of dining locations at these resorts, so that's something that people really love. And there's a lot of really great places. There's a sushi place that people love. There's an Italian place that people love. Like I said, the fountain, um, the burger place was like really fun. I remember it being fun when I was a kid. So it's a great resort because it's located literally like right outside of Epcot. It's most controversial. Is it any cheaper than anywhere else? Everybody says it is. It is cheaper than, so if you're comparing it to a Disney Deluxe Resort, it's cheaper. Here's the caveat with it. Most of the salon and dolphin rooms do not have balconies. So the deluxe resort rooms have balconies, which to me, like, if you're paying that much, it's nice to have a, a balcony to go sit on in the mornings and something like that. Yeah, we usually sit out on our balcony. So if we went Beach Club, as a side note, this has nothing to do with anything, but Beach Club has, like, Juliet balconies, which means, like... You can stand on it and that's it. <laughs> It's literally, they, they don't even have a chair out there. So Romeo kind of and Juliet can stand on there and that's it. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it was kind of pointless. But um, we did like Beach Club too. But I would say, yeah, I would say a couple trips. I've booked a lot of couple trips to Disney World the, where they stayed at the Swan and Dolphin. I've also booked girls trips where they stayed at the Swan and Dolphin. The new Swan Reserve is also owned by Marriott and it's right like across the road from the Swan and Dolphin, so it shares all the same amenities. Their pools are really cool at the Swan and Dolphin. So it could be something that's a great resort for families, just depending on if you want that Disney theming. But again, your kids are going to miss out on like the nods of Disney. One of the things about the Swan and Dolphin, too, to know is you can't get a magic band there. Well, you can use magic band in the parks, but you can't use your magic band to charge things to your Doesn't room. Doesn't operate anything. No. Um, you can't use a dining plane there. And because it's not a Disney resort, the transportation works a little different. So it's a pro tip, just stay here if you get a good deal, but we don't recommend it. Yeah, like so when you go it's the only difference is when you go to Magic Kingdom, you get dropped off, your bus drops you off at the ticket and transportation center. It doesn't drop you off at the front of the Magic Kingdom because it's not a Magic Kingdom or a Disney-owned resort. Um, and then you have to t- transfer to like a monorail or a boat or a bus to take you over to Magic Kingdom. So, so that's it. That's our that's questions. It. That's our questions for this week. But um, we hope you've gained some new ideas for places to stay on your next Disney vacation. And all Tell us yours. My rambling and babbling of Disney resorts. Yes. Tell us in, I will post stories today of um, what is your favorite resort that you stay at Walt Disney World. I'll also post a question box of what questions you have about going to Walt Disney World. Maybe it's questions we haven't yet answered on the show or something like that. And as always, if you have any suggestions 
or anything for us, go ahead and give us a follow at the Double Dose of Disney Fam over on Instagram and TikTok. And please, please, please leave us a rating or a review on your favorite podcast platform. If you like it, if not, move. <laughs> yeah, don't leave us a one-star rating. Just move on. Just, just move on. Just DM us if you don't like it. Yeah. So we'll talk to you guys next time. Have a good week.